Hello and welcome to AFTM, the art, film, dance, and music podcast. Today's guest is none other than Jack Chen. Jack Chen is a Chinese-born, first-generation Canadian cinematographer based in Toronto. His work consists of narratives, commercials, and music videos, which include the music video of the year at the 50th Junos, No One's in the Room by Jesse Reyes. I'm grateful to have had an eye-opening conversation about what roles, goals, and mindsets one should have in order to lead a life as a cinematographer, or rather, a DP. Without further ado, my conversation with Jack Chen. Can you give an example of a requirement of being on set? Well, um, I guess like it depends on what kind of sets you're going to be on and, you know, what, what your job is, right? But I think yeah. one of the best, like, attitudes, like, I think that one of the best, like, um, yeah, I guess, like, attributes to, to have is honestly just being reliable and having a great attitude. Um, I think, like, one of the realities of, like, working in the film industry, uh, you know, it's just, like, it's one of those things where, like, it, the, the standard is 12 plus 1. Like, you work... 12 hours have a break and generally you know it's just like a lot of time spent with um you know a certain group of humans right i think like ultimately like you know your skills and artistry and everything Mm. aside i think you just gotta like be able to hang out with the people you work with for that long you know and sometimes you do that for a week or two weeks or even a month right it's you just gotta have to yeah people just gotta be able to like have to count on you and what about the specific of a cinematographer a dp i feel like again like it's more of like a longer sort of route and a journey right because it's like it is a position that you've got a lot of responsibility you know throughout the day and you also have like a lot of sort of like it, it isn't a leadership position so i think like you know you you've got to go through your day and make sure that you deliver you know the, the plan and the stuff that is promised and also be able to i think in my opinion like I'm not trying to say here is like uh, just be able to like you know when plans and the flexibility uh, you know what, i'm gonna start this again right i think yeah, like go for it. it's just being able to make sure that like uh you know when certain things go don't go your way and again like that's always what's gonna happen right you got to be able to like adapt and still sort of be able to tell the the best story that you can with um you know, like your script and your concept, right? And again, yeah. a lot of this depends on what type of project it is you're working on, right? Like uh, natural choices that you make, whether it's like a music video and you're trying to make like some spectacle or if it's like more of a narrative-based story and then, you know, certain, you have to be sort of like aware of some of the choices that you make, let's say on day one, could affect you in a certain way or lock into a certain decision sort of moving forward, right? So like a lot of it depends on certain very very different projects in which way you kind of move forward you know yeah um leading from that uh has there been ever a time in which you you say you go on set and something actually doesn't work well i think and and you're and they're (laughs) like no you have to start again this does not work well for us like how um, has there ever been something like that? And how did you conquer that? And how did you feel yeah. mentally? Well, I honestly, depends on what you're doing, right? Like, so if it's a documentary project, that stuff like happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Um, 
what one of my experiences like uh, is um, that I think like maybe earlier on in my career, you know, everybody gets like the anxiety or you're kind of freaking out when someone's not working. Right. But I feel like right now, like when I do stuff like this, it's almost just like, oh, yeah, like some sometimes like that way of working is almost like just expected and you're just like, OK, great. Well, this is what we we, we haven't, you know, thought out about uh, this idea or this concept is not quite working. Right. But then. I feel like a lot of those situations, you just generally try to be as prepared for as many outcomes in preparation, right? So like, to me, like a lot of the way that I work is like, no matter, you know, what it is that you're doing, right? Is that I am number one, the storyteller first. And the way I approach my cinematography and, you know, shooting is like, like as if like you're reading a novel, right? So like mm. most of the time, um, when you read a novel, there's like, you know, different kind of viewpoints. So you have like your first person, um, this like your third person omniscient your first person unreliable narrative you know and you kind of like make up all these rules and grammar and visuals mm. um you know between your projects like i'm not really sort of like set in one way or another but i like to you know that's the way i like to work and so that like you know when you get put into a very specific situation or whatever right i always kind of go back to the ideas that we thought in prep and be like hey you know what do we need to do to kind of convey this moment in the script or this moment in the whatever it is that you're trying to tell right and generally when things are not always going to rain again most of the time you know they don't unless you know once you move up <laughs> budgets and control of the environments mm. and stuff like that right so it's like you just kind of think about like okay well I ultimately at this moment, like I just need to be able to show the characters like mental state. Yeah. You know, and from yeah. an abstract way, even though it may sound kind of, you know, out there or whatever, right? There's always like it's like, do you frame a character in a certain way? Is it all just about a reaction? Is it all about like a certain look and you hold on to it and that's it, right? So I think like, you know, whenever you're you become in those situations, I think the biggest things just like you know remember about why you're there in the first place right because if you're just there to like shoot a shot and put up a light and just to kind of do it well like what is it that you're really doing right? that's so, I think so that's, true that's one of the things and so far i mean knock on wood <laughs> um, that little process that i've been like kind of approaching and just knowing the script and knowing the story you know as deep and as much as i can uh, has been able to get me out of like a lot of trouble spots, you know? And yeah. So um, with that in mind, would you say a good approach is either being able to problem solve on the spot or being able to um, beforehand be like, okay, we're going to have problems uh, that are going to occur, of course, right? So we're going to have plan A, plan B, plan B c plan d like how how do you how have you gone about that yeah. throughout um your career well having like not been the guy at the top right and just like kind of working your way up through lighting and stuff like that you i i managed to, to see enough of like what might kind of go wrong and just like being able to take that experiences uh of just like being on set and being as a crew member and kind of like observing to basically you know try to take some of that knowledge mm. that when i'm now kind of shooting and having those responsibilities right it kind of definitely goes with me right but i would say like most of the time all we do is problem solve it's like hey one example is that i, I don't know like a, a, a basic thing is like hey we love this background gorgeous part of the city we set up this shot and i'm talking to you right now but just a little like dark on the face like well what do we do well we have to maybe bring something in for the foreground and stuff like that to, to be able to kind of keep the exposure of the whole city, right? So I think, like, 
uh, on a technical side, yeah, like you, you definitely want to, you know, have a game plan. But I think the biggest thing is you just got to be ready to adapt from whatever that happens, right? It's, it's less about like, I feel like it's less like American football when you're, this is the strategy, this is the play and you kind of go and if it doesn't work, you go to a like, you know, it's, it's more like soccer or something like that. It's like more like technical. It's more, you know what I mean? You just got to kind of be able to go with the flow at the same time, but never forgetting your sort of core philosophy on why you're there. Yeah. Um, so has there been anything that actually like mentally or mentally, physically, or has there been something that challenged you that you were like, I really don't know how to do this. Has there ever been something like that happened to you? I think absolutely you deal with a lot, but I think part of the great thing of, um, I guess like I'm lucky enough to be in the position where I could just try to surround myself with a lot of people who are way better at doing their job, at doing their jobs and, you know, than you are, right? Yeah. And so generally I'm able to sometimes like be able to work with some great uh, people who are a much better steady cam operator than I can ever hope for or a much better gaffer or key grip. Um, those are like sort of like the positions that you like you work with and they all have their own teams. Right. And so sometimes it's like, hey, an unexpected problem comes up. Right. Um, I remember like I was working on this music video once where we specifically needed to put, um, you know, do a certain setup. Unfortunately, you know, we we did not have access to the street. And, you know, it was just, again, like one of those prep things that, you know, on the day that like it, it didn't, you know, it didn't for one way or another, a ball got dropped. Right. And Aww. through some gorgeous like ingenuity, um, our gaffer ended up like moving, you know, the camera truck. And then like, we ended up hanging like this fabric on the side of a truck and we bounced a, a light into it and then, <laughs> due to the exact angle. Like it just all worked based on safety. And the result was quite like nice. Right. So it's, again, I think it's like a mixture of like, you know, being able to be flexible, but also trusting that the, the, the people that you like, um, you hire and bring aboard because they saw, they've also got a lot of responsibilities too. Right. But again, I think that like most of the time, in the film world, like a lot of people also, you know, like not a lot of people stay like, I would quote, like, quote unquote, like in one position their entire career too, right? So I think being able to look at the people that you work with as creatives first, you know what I mean? And as like humans first, and they're all passionate about what they're doing is is a great way to kind of, again, oversolve some obstacles. Because I generally think that like multiple heads are always better than one, you know, and I'm not really like the type of person that loves to work in a way that it's either like my way or the highway or whatever, right? It's, it's, I think it's like up to me to try to guide the story and guide the frames that we create within a certain sort of way, but then also making sure that we have the ability to let people play, right? And I think that's mm. very important while you're collaborating that mm. way. Uh, I really like that. No, that, <laughs> that is, that's some, that's some like good mentality. Yeah. And also it, the mentality and also just the ability to problem solve, right? Um, I find problem solving is not necessarily, it's, it's not gotten just like that. It, it's learned over time. So yeah. um, there are times when, like you, you begin and you're like, okay, I don't know. And then as you go on through your career, you're like, okay, yes, I, I can give, I can, I can <laughs> solve something. Something can happen. Um, what is your thought on, say, for instance, being a, in a union versus freelancing? Uh, there are always pros and cons to both of them. Um, 
can you give me yeah, uh, an so, idea of a pro for both of them? Well, just to backtrack here, and again, it depends on your positions, right? Mm -hmm. And like what you're doing. Um, film, the, the entire film world is just freelance. Mm. like that's just like that's just like the one thing it's up to you to kind of like find your clients or find your source of incomes or jobs or you know whatever right and um eventually i think like what what the union requires um you to do is eventually like rack up a couple like enough days and preparations and so forth and you know i think one of the biggest advantages of the unions they got your back and certain situations right there's like a lot of established way of doing things and you can also while you're starting out and if you don't know enough context, you can always just call in and then, you know, they'll be able to bring you on to set as like a crew member as a whatever. Right. And eventually you would uh, kind of work the direction of like being dailies and doing the dailies work, doing the, uh, you know, and eventually you get like show calls and then you keep on, you know, getting in good with a crew that eventually they like you and you could kind of definitely move up that position. Right. Mm. And then the other way of like, I guess like quote unquote, like a non-union freelance world is um, I think like. I was able to get a bit more creative opportunities, um, kind of starting out that way. And again, like I always, early on in my career, I always like did a mixture of both. Um, so I, I got into the union as a grip permit with an IATSE 873. And I try to just like, again, do that to be able to, you know, work in the lighting and a grip department to be able to basically for me, it was just like a way of learning. Like you're getting paid to learn, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you know, moving a lot of heavy equipment sometimes but you're setting up but like but then like you know once you're set up for a shot i get to like kind of just like hang around and just kind of look at you know how does the dp or how does the director talk to your actors and how does why why do we do all this work for this light what's the quality you know what i mean so it's like a good way to i think like silently observe from the corner and kind of do your thing right but i've always i guess like found work in the freelance life where okay so like let's say yesterday i learned about this like one technique to i don't know like like one of the earliest things i learned is called a book light which is oh what would that be yeah so yeah. <laughs> it's basically um you you have a bounce like you hear about like light qualities and bouncing right so you basically bounce a light into something and then you diffuse it again and then the idea is like that quality of light that hits like the person's face or whatever is the most beautiful soft like you know vibe you know what i mean and then mm -hmm. that's like a basic concept that you learn and suddenly you're making rigs where it's like you you know you put a bounce in the thing and then you put the light inside and then suddenly you can like move it around it's always a beautiful quality right so it's like one of the things i learned early on is just like the quality of light is so important to me and just the way it feels and the way it like kind of wraps around how hard how soft shadow color you know all these kind of little details right and so i just remember oh like well they did it on this big show with this certain way mm. and so like how do i apply that simple concept to some of like my smaller kind of work but you know if i just wanted that in a concept right and so like a lot of the concepts i think you know from the bigger budget to the small budget like it's still you're still doing this exact same thing yeah so is is there any other any other thing or any other position that you so, believe a cinematographer should learn um yeah as they proceed into their career so and it, like again a lot of this depends on sort of which route you want to go in right but generally yeah. from a narrative standpoint the dp uh director of photography is the like the other commonly used word uh is basically the like a uh, head of department of uh three sort of like different like kind of departments which is grip which is um you know the person 
which is the department that basically is in charge of safety and rigging and like how to move the camera, how to shape the light. You have the electric department uh, headed by usually a gaffer who uh, is basically, you know, in charge of all the fixtures and getting power to the set. And also obviously the camera department, which is, you know, um, being able to capture all that you've planned, right? So I think there's definitely value in, you know, kind of go getting some experience in all those departments, just like, you know, what to reasonably, reasonably ask for, right? Because basically now what I do is like a lot of the plan is like, Hey, to achieve something, you know, what are the resources that you need? What are the equipment? What are the labor? And you basically come up with like four or five ways of doing like the same thing. Sure. There's always a solution to something, right? But then it's up to you to manage the budget. Yeah. And so you have like a lot of people that comes up, um, into shooting from various angles. Some people just always shot and work from camera. And then the other great things is like you can kind of observe what other more experienced DPs are doing and how they affect the image. And then you also have a bit more like skills and composition. Some people come through through photography and through lighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I did a v- mixture of everything, but I primarily worked in the lighting department before. But I always like kind of shot you know, myself as well and be able to like, again, take concepts into that I've learned from just like bigger sets onto like my smaller shoots or whatever. Right. So I think the journey is always like different and tough, but eventually you just like get to a certain level of technicality that I think almost everybody could do. And then it's up to you. It's like the same thing, right? Once you have these abilities, it's like, Hey, here's a paintbrush and the canvas, like go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like cameras, lights, all that kind of things are just basically a blank canvas. They're just tools for you you to express something that's like based on your growth, based on your sensibilities, right? So it's still up to you to kind of find the same thing. And yeah, you got a lot of people that want to create their own pieces. But at the same time, like from what I've, from what you're telling me, um, just the notion of being a DP, you have to have extensive knowledge and these other departments right so you need to be able to somewhat afford or get your hands on this uh, this gear right so as a person that's like okay i want to start making my own things but i don't know how to make my own things and i don't know what budget um <laughs> to to allocate um to make my um my own production my own film my own documentary right like where where like how looking, do you get started? yeah yeah how, not necessarily how do you get started but then say you go to a place you look for equipment and you see the equipment um say a light or a camera uh camera lens you look at it and it's like forty thousand. you're like oh man I, <laughs> I i cannot get my hands on that right um like what resources would you use to get your hands on camera gear if it's not really affordable? Like, where do you go? I actually absolutely love this question. And I'll tell you why, right? It's, I think right now, um, the film world is so affordable right now, right? Like there's like, even like that, like that DSLR, that Sony A7S camera, that you got like you know and i remember when it first came out like i've used that on projects because like you can see like you know way better than an average camera can see like at like nighttime moonlight you know you see so the first thing is right is that uh i would say don't let the gear and all that kind of thing stop you because again ultimately all that is just tools right 
what do I mean by that? What I mean is like at the end of the day, all I'm trying to do is create, create something in my head and capture it on the camera. And, you know, let's say like to do something, we can easily just do something right now with what's in front of you. You know mm. what I mean? Like, let's say in this kind of situation, I wanted to craft yep. a shot. Let's hit an example. Let's, like, let's <laughs> this example, right? And let's say I needed to, I'm shooting a documentary. I don't have a lot of time. I, we're in this exact same thing, right? Well, I got camera and a tripod. You know, I get to this location. Suddenly, this beautiful window is catching me this, like, gorgeous side wraparound light. If I want to soften up, let's just oh, close the curtains a little bit. You know, and then you suddenly find that, like, things can change a little bit, right? Mm. So things like that, I think... You know, that's not really more of a thing, right? Like, at the end of the day, if, I don't think gear really tell like makes you tell the story. It's all about what you do with it. So I think your first mentality should be like, okay, so like, this is what I got in my head. Like, what are you? What is it that you're trying to say first? You know what I mean? Why, yeah. why are you getting like 40 different lenses? Yeah. If, you know, all you, like, what, like, you know what I mean? But like, what are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the main, you know, conversation to, like, what are you trying to do? Right? Yeah. And that's that stuff is so reliable and when you're starting out with like a like you know if someone gives you a little bit of a budget to kind of you know do that well that all that all that really adds you is just more control Mm. you know what i mean so like Mm. one example is like if i just like wanted to shoot a gorgeous portrait of you and just just like a a conversation that we're gonna have you know what i mean i want to maybe see your eyes a bit like one thing i could do is i could just like you know shift you a little bit put put up something on the wall maybe add some colors Maybe close that curtain a little bit and use that as your key light mm. and go, right? And boom, I already have a shot set up, right? Oh, uh, yeah. The, now, the, the trickier part is like what budget and location and stuff like that, it just offers you control because guess what? If that sun, if the sun moves away from the clouds, suddenly it's going to get dark. What if it's like light, dark, light, dark? Well, now suddenly, well, instead of that, we can add a light to it, mm. you know? So my first question is, is instead of equipment, let me ask you why you're trying to do something right yes and yes. then once you realize why then you add one light and then figure out what you could do with the one light in the sun or even like the best thing is like one light and a reflector that's it you know like one of my favorite jobs recently i just did this year was a, this travel job where it was a documentary series that we got hired by um muskoka roastery right and like i'm a big like outdoorsy canoeing kind of guy uh i recently since pandemic got with my group of friends all like a lot of them work in film anyway and they're all really into camping right and so i loved like being able to get into the wilds and just get on a boat hey, and man, go canada is the way to go canada is the way for <laughs> that for sure right? so but anyway through that experience right i remember like we had to tell this crazy story and we had to like literally be in a canoe where my director was also my like ac and then we had like our sound guy paddling and i was like in the front of it and we had to basically use the canoe as the dolly right but all i had was literally like a single light and a camera we have to do a lot of these like little things right mm. and it's just like oh at this point of the story we, we needed to talk to somebody but they they need to be like a little bit more dramatic a little bit moodier on their face well what do we do right well we don't have control of this what can we do like can we just move this person or we really like this background but we needed to bring you know again the same thing like i talked about it's all problem solving right Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so you know let's say we had less control so we have to make sure let's shoot you know backlit towards the sun and just bring a little bounce suddenly you you just lit your subject you know what I mean? And, well, we don't have a lot of light. We don't have a lot of control. So we need to make sure we plan our day as well as possible so that we're there shooting these things, right? So in my opinion, like, you know, like you could do so much right now with just what, like, easily accessible gear. What's going to set you apart is how do you tell your story versus all this gear? You yeah. Know what I mean? And eventually, like, these toys are 
quote unquote toys and gear and equipment, they do come into play. And that's more, I think, part of a language. It's like, well, why do you want to like do a dolly shot or a tracking shot? Yeah. My question to you is why do you need it? If you don't need it for your story, why, why do you bring it up? Cause that's like, ultimately at the end of the day, it's like, you just need to make something that audiences will be able to watch. Yeah. You know? Um, this, this actually goes in, <laughs> it goes in line with everything and anything yeah. that you do. Uh, I work on, I work in ZBrush, uh, quite a lot. Okay. Right. I, I don't know. You know, ZBrush? I'm not very familiar with, um, so it's like, I, I, I do look, I have looked a lot into your, I think your sculpting work and I really just like dig a lot. Thing. Go to a show and just like stare at it for like ten minutes. Oh man, I, I have a piece we could. Oh yeah, I could, I, I could I show you like right after. And the ZBrush, uh, same thing, right? When I started learning ZBrush, um, so ZBrush is a program. I think you pay thirty, fifty bucks per month. It's quite expensive, right? That's why a lot of people tend to go to um, other sculpting programs like um, Blender and whatnot, right? Which is a free program. Um, but I started on this PC, right? It, the, <laughs> on this <laughs> this Mac, I mean, right? Yeah. I started on that, and I could only get to a certain amount of polygons. Okay. But when I was working on it, it wasn't. I need the best gear um, to create this piece. No, it's what what am I making, right? How exactly. do I, how do I understand everything that I'm using? How do I understand this program? that I'm using, right? Um, I feel like when I say, how do I understand the program? I, I'm also saying, how do I understand the gear, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it was only after months and months in which I was like, okay, I fully understand this program. So I'm going to upgrade myself now, <laughs> right? Um, but I kid you not, I still come to this guy, you know? Yeah. Like I have my PC over there in um in that room where the other art piece is, where I'll show yeah. you, right? And like this guy, I, I still come to him. <laughs> <laughs> and still very useful, right? So there is use for not necessarily older gear, I'll say, but then like you can make the best out of what you have exactly type of thing right um you were talking about lighting and i have to ask what do you think of unreal engine uh, i think the, it's the, the really new... really really cool i actually just like recently had a chance to work on a couple of projects right now where, where they're making some like really great strides like in, yeah when it turns to like vfx work because like one of the things that you know they, that you couldn't do before is like have a shot and you and you know you have to always keep the camera stationary or you have to do like motion control or whatever right yeah and now they literally have this like tracker you can put on your camera you can like run around and the background just like does all these kind of computations yeah and the then you can have like aliens or whatever and it's just like <laughs> again like it's one of those things where in my opinion it just like frees frees up a lot of artistic choice right like if you wanted to make that choice to have like a certain like level of like motions or shots you know what i mean then you're just like are given the freedom to be able to make that choice, right? Mm. I want to like actually go back to that gear kind of thing, right? Yeah, is what? Yeah, sorry, yeah. you want to go ahead? No, I, I just yeah. wanted to say like that question itself was in um, relation to what you said oh, okay. about the sunset, right? yeah, with the notion of hey, um, I can have a sunset for eight hours instead exactly. of having it for <laughs> for five minutes. But yeah, back to the gear, please. Yeah, so like I think the right time to kind of like get into more gear or whatever is like when you start working with your DSLR and start to find like 
the limits of like what you actually physically can't do. And I, I think like, you know, that also kind of takes to a certain like level of like, you know, I wouldn't say like mastery, but just like getting comfortable with what it is, right? Because like one example could be that like if you just like wanted to, let's say, do like a cool time-lapse shot with like a bunch of color in it, you know what I mean? Let's say you have like that cool, like, you know, red light, but it's like just not enough based on what you needed to do technically, right? Mm. Then it's like when you research the right piece of equipment. Yeah. And I think like starting out, there's like just from a pure artistic creation kind of way, right? Where you just have a few friends and you wanted to make something happen. There's also so much like art art you know art collectives that you could just be a member and a lot of their gear is very affordable and it's actually you know some of the stuff they use are like industry levels industry level stuff too and so like there's tons of um i would say collectives that you could start up that makes a lot of you know video making very affordable Mm. right like you can look up like charles street video there's trinity video there's like uh lift independent of like you know like liaison of independent filmmakers in toronto these are like three great organizations for you to start and you you know take a few courses you join and it's like maybe like 100 to 150 bucks membership for a year and that's good that's really good access is like really cheap rentals for you know just to go out and create art right Their, their biggest mandate is like everything that you're making cannot be commercial it has to be you know what I mean? Like a personal use? Like personal use or yeah. creative or just like you're trying to, or, you know, you, you could have gotten a grant, but it's got to be like art for art's sake, right? But I think just by getting access to like all, like a lot of these lights and these lenses and whatever, you could like do a lot mm. um, as part of your growth and part of the way you learn. You know what I mean? um, Talking about that as well uh, with Grant, um, does Canada Council of the Arts or Ontario uh, Art Council um ever like go into that field as well in the field yes. of film so a decent y- amount. You can, yeah although like it depends on like what specific jobs right usually like we literally have grant writers in film that like their jobs in, like the in more in a pre-production uh you know they, they they go there and try to pitch and try to win projects you know oh okay so there there's a lot of these kind of resources yeah out there oh man you just, you. you just gotta make again my all that stuff right goes back to like you know what is it that you're trying to say if you, you don't have anything to say <laughs> you know what i mean it's like all the fanciest <laughs> toys or all the fanciest whatever yeah. out there in the world you get you can't africa so then what are you gonna do with it what about the canadian society of cinematography like what are what are the pros of being a part of yeah that? so uh the canadian society of cinematographers is mostly a society um run by cinematographers mm-hmm. for cinematographers you know like it's a, it's a, it's like a great way to kind of like network and you know gain experience gain access to mentorships gain access to just like places out there that you could like ask questions and you know look for resources like look for crew and things like that it's just like a great sort of membership thing to be a part of where you can talk to basically a lot of various different cinematographers at various different stages of their career and literally have access to a lot of people, you know, and I think their biggest thing is their demand is just, again, it's just to foster the artistry and the growth and to be able to really pass down knowledge from like the next generation, mm. you know what I mean? And just kind yeah. of be able to kind of have that going. And I think that's such a great um, thing. And it took me a while before I, certainly like decided to join on myself it's just more just like oh like why am i paying x amount of money a year for whatever right but i think (laughs) just like having access to like again same thing like yourself is saying like access to a lot of people you can just be like hey you know i'm having trouble with this idea yeah you know like i'm very active on their facebook group as well and you know like just the the ability to be 
able to talk to somebody and ask a question or some and get some really genuine answers and people that just want to help. I think that's such a nice sort of shift in perspective of how the industry is going right now. You know? Yeah, I, I really feel like having people like that, yeah. you know, um, to be able to talk to is, excuse me, is very important because what I have realized, at least on my part, when I start a new hobby, when I start something new, right? If I don't have someone that I can go and talk to um, that can help me understand as well, I'll end up buying the best <laughs> of the best equipment, right? And not understanding how to use it, right? But then, um, as you're saying right now, you, you get knowledge from other people, right? Um, just being able to just step down and be like, okay, I need, I need help understanding this, you know? And then getting that help that you need. I, I find that's important. There are resources like YouTube and whatnot, of course, right? But still, that notion of having to be able to sit down and talk <laughs> to someone or just have the conversation with someone about it, that, that's very important. You know, it, it, it makes everything understandable, at, at least through my eyes. Yeah, right? well, it's like, I, I always equate it as like, you know, oh man, if someone only told me this, I wouldn't have gone to this role to get here. It's just like, you know what I mean? I wouldn't necessarily say it's shortcuts, but it's, you know, because I do think ex experience and resilience is very important, right? But again, it's just like, I think the important, the importance of mentorship, mm. you know, I, I've benefited greatly for their, from their mentorship program. And also as a mentee, and I I'll definitely, you know, hope to be able to pass that knowledge down like one day once the next kind of applications start. What are the applications like? How, how would one say apply to it what oh if you're interested in it yeah well yeah so if you're interested you, yeah. in the i think the, like the menteeship program they generally try to um get you to and it depends on your like level of like understanding and skill level or like just like where you are in the career you basically just like anybody can apply and then Le they just legit? request you to yeah and you know they they ask you to basically be um um, you know, a part of the society, whether as an affiliate member, associate, whatever it is, right? If if it kind of processes and goes through successful and they just try to pair you up with somebody that, you know, has, has a bit more knowledge. Um, and then you just kind of go on this journey together, you know, and I, and I do think there's something to be said for both like teaching and, and experiencing it as a, as a student, right? Because again, like by teaching, you're just reinforcing good habits and you know, all sorts of great things I could say about that. Mm, but mm. also, I just think it's important to be able to, quote unquote, like I think, send back the elevator down. You know, I'm definitely seeing a, like a big shift in the perspective in the industry where like it's it's going away from like, oh, these are like my techniques. These are my secrets, whatever. And like, because like, I feel like not everybody necessarily is a competitor in that way, right? We're all just kind of part of the same city, part of the same circle. We're all like, it's all small enough artistic community. You know what I mean? So I think that like if we all kind of grow and benefit, I think we're only going to just attract like more projects and, you know, more bigger slices of the pie. Did you, so speak, right? so, <laughs> did you have that mentality when you started? Um, the, oh, I just yeah. discovered this new technique. I'm going to use it. This is mine. <laughs> Not really at all, right? Because I actually always, uh, I actually felt like I got into cinematography quite like, just like later on in life. Like I was always in a like a sporting kind uh, of thing yeah liverpool um, liverpool manchester oh, there's, United there's, a, there's a there's a big story <laughs> uh, but anyway um so basically in university i fell in love with fencing 
Really? And I, you know, went hardcore into it. And it went from basically, um, like, I don't know, I was, like, trying out a bunch of sports, but, I like, I was always on, like, like teams in high school. And I just, you know, I was not good enough to make the volleyball team. I was not tall enough. And I You're, tried a bunch of other... Wait, how tall are you? you I'm, like, six tall. foot, like, six foot, six foot one. But, like, all the... Every, I just, like, don't, was not just the tallness, but just, like, do not have the abilities to oh, kind I of see. be able to compete, right? And I somehow fell in love with fencing. Mm. You know, ended up, like, was, like, making the bench warmer on my first year and... But it was really driven. And then, you know, I ended up making captain on my, like, third year. And then um, we graduated basically, like, dominating, like, everything. <laughs> and so there's, like, a lot of, like, goal setting. And there was, like, there was literally at a time where, like, hey, like, maybe I could be a pro fencer and try to do that in Canada. And that was, like, a whole different part of my life, right? But just, like, always having experiencing through these things, right? It's, like, one of the things I really liked about I guess like like my experience as a fencer was that like you you got to learn techniques but then like ultimately like once you learn stuff you just go and try it out and sometimes certain things works for you and certain things doesn't you know it's very quote-unquote creative right and mm -hmm. you know I did a lot of martial arts as a kid too but one of the things I really liked about fencing was that it wasn't really about like you know your belt or your whatever it's just like hey these you learn some stuff now go and compete and let's just see where you end up you know what I mean <laughs> and so I kind of really like that mentality and like with a lot of my teammates and things like that we were always sharing about like how do we drilling how do we get better and and it just really fosters that you know that growth right and so I ended up when I was starting out, graduating, like I was to make ends meet, like I was like, you know, half coaching, half like going on set, half doing a lot of everything. But I felt like it just kind of fought, you have, you know, once you become a captain in a, you know, even, even like coaching at certain points, right? You have like a certain level of responsibility of like to bring the people up around you, right? So I felt like a lot of that leadership ability and the sense of responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. less about like just kind of you know doing stuff because i was i felt that i was responsible to my team when i was like competing and all that and when i you know when i graduated i wanted to make sure the team was still set up right and so just being very comfortable in that environment just taught me a lot of like life lessons i think i still just approach life in that way you know sure i i approached like the the shooting aspect <laughs> right now that way right but that's just I don't know. That was, that was just like my thing. What was it after fencing that you got more intrigued into film? Because you, you stayed. I that. was always into it, but honestly, like I just was, I was like, I went to school for, I went to Queens uh, for film, you know, but I, like, basically I didn't really know what I was doing and I was kind of like awful and skipped a lot of classes and went to too many parties or whatever. Right. But <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. There was just, it just came to a point where like, you know, I, I ended up getting a full-time job somewhere at an agency and more on the producing side but i just always found that like i was way more interested uh to to be on set and like i like to shoot and that was just always that that excitement right because it kind of reminded me a lot of like you know because like what, what you really much do right is like you do a lot of training and like practice before the big game and th then like you know going on set is like the time for the, the game and the, you know you have a plan and you, you're with your whole i don't know like, there's just something about that environment that yes. really energizes me yeah you know what i mean yeah. so i basically i don't know eventually just like it went from like hey like i'm gonna do this and this and but i was always that kind of kind of person that had like too many hobbies you know what i mean and eventually <laughs> just like it turned into like the the being on set and the hobby of doing that you know started ended up paying the bills to like oh like now actually i was getting more time and eventually come to a part where 
I had to decide like, what's the way to do it? Like, do you yeah. want to go into that? You know, and at first it was just like, Hey, I just want to work in film to like now, like, Oh, I want to shoot more. And now how do I shoot more to like, how, how do I get better projects? And it's, it's the constant journey. It's like a journey that like you never really kind of stop learning from. In my opinion. Yeah. So what was your mentality from then when you started, which it was just, I want to work in film compared to now, like what, what I think I had a lot of, I guess like I have a lot of self drive and goal setting. I mean, like having like a lot of quote unquote like realistic goal settings right like you know you could you could always be like hey i want to win an oscar right now <laughs> right well like how are you gonna you know what i mean so it's like it's like well it's like it's like the biggest thing is like let's say in a year i want to achieve like this mm-hmm. okay well what can i do to break it down well break it down into 12 months well, okay well what can i do in a month now break that down into into the you know once a week do that four times once a week it's you know whatever it is right i think it's about like having a vision of where you want to be and setting up these kind of steps to get you from point A to point B, right? Like, I think that's not just like a film or career, but it's just very much like a life thing, right? And I feel like a lot of that kind of stuff just comes from the sporting background. In that sense though, right? Just just saying, I want to win an Oscar. Uh, it may sound unrealistic, but then as you said, breaking it down can make it realistic. Okay, how do I win an Oscar? What position do I have to be? And then, okay, I have to be an or, actor. Or How even do I like, become an actor? Yeah, or even to like, that. I think to even like break it down into something like more realistic, right? Like when I was starting, I was like, okay, I just want to figure out how do I can make my income exclusively from, yeah. you know, doing this one thing that I really liked, right? And so I was like looking at what was I doing right now? I was taking freelance editing stuff. I was, you know, part-time coaching at the time. I was, you know what I mean? Doing all sorts of <laughs> things and shooting, going out and shooting corporate videos or whatever, right? And so like, look at, but you know what? I got a taste for the film world, right? So again, breaking that down into, okay, well, if just once a, like once a week, I try to, again, like make a call and reach out to these people. Mm. And then once a week, you know, I take an hour, just once a week, that's it, right? Um, and I, let's say, watch an extra tutorial on like, storytelling or whatever is to kind of benefit my artistry and my technicality and let's say i just have to do these three things yeah so it's forever learning it down you just forever but you you, if you advance in like all these three things right you know it may not seem like a lot may seem like everything's incremental but like after six months or whatever Mm. you know i actually had somebody tell me that like this is like again more of like a philosophical way but it's just like you know, being a filmmaker and going on a journey or anything that you do in life as a journey from like one of my mentor kind of type figures was just like, imagine you're on a beach and you see a rock and you're like, you know what? I'm going to like turn this rock into a perfect like sphere and I'm going to like grind it down and whatever. You're going to try to do that, right? But yeah. you're never going to get that perfection. Yes. But if you never stop, and you never quit, rock number 50 is going to be way better than rock number one. That's, that's very just, true. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of how it has to be, right? Yeah. So I think a lot of these things is more about like, life perspective what is pre-production to post-production like as a cinematographer so generally um i would say i get brought on to a project when it's just like a bit more sort of like you know they've already got the funding they already got the whatever right whether it's the commercial short film whatever right but generally i would get something like a script and a director's treatment and basically the idea is that if you just read that script and read the treatment you should already have an idea in your head, like what this piece is going to be. Okay. Right. So I kind of start from there, you know, and the treatment will usually say things like style references, framing references, 
you know, and from then on, it's usually a call or a coffee or a Zoom call these days, mostly a Zoom call these days now. <laughs> and it's to talk about, um, what is it? We just talk about, you know, what are the stuff that we like? What is it that we're trying to say? And, you know, we, I, and then from this, this point move forward, right? There's so many other like, you know, great cinematographers out there and they all kind of have their different process. But then again, like my process to figure out, okay, so what is the visual grammar of the entire piece should feel like? Right. And so I, I tend to like to, again, like create quote unquote, unquote, these like arbitrary set of rules that you kind of follow by. Right. So like one thing could be like, Oh, every time we shoot a character, um, we always like this person's always like there's always green in their background for example something like quote-unquote arbitrary or like every time you know we're in in this kind of a story development sense we're always shooting handheld and maybe the the entire piece is like a lot of energy with like camera movements and then it gets more and more still and it's like sort of like a journey or a reflective on like you know this person's like i don't know like mental state or whatever like it just could be like a simple as that and i like to like basically assign all these various techniques and whatever it is to basically enhance kind of story uh because the stuff that i like to watch the most is just you know you watch things and you're like oh you watch back like oh i never noticed like this things you know what i mean like yeah one of the things that i really appreciate for example like things like sculpture or photography is the the rate of consumption right like you would for example consume art like this by touching it by looking at it and you're you're basically in this thing for a while whereas i found like right now with a lot of video people just kind of like put it on throw it up and like 30 Uh, seconds you know uh you're uh you're done with the whole project so like (laughs) yeah and so i basically try to create a narrative create my own plan create like my sort of visual language to go along with it and then and then you kind of do things like budget you do things like whatever, right? And so it's like, okay, so with our resources, what can we do? And generally there's a location scout and a tech scout. A location scout is just like, okay, so let's say, I don't know, I'm shooting this scene in a bookstore. Let's look at like four or five bookstores that, and which ones that is going to talk to you about like getting better with your story, right? Like which one do you like the most, right? And they're like, oh, if we have to be here and then it gets onto the stage of a tech scout where you kind of bring in your lighting team, your art, you know, and you with your collaborators too, with the director, with your, you know, your costume designer, uh, production designer too, and be like, okay, so we have to be in this space. What do we need to do? For example, let's say we got to make this living room look like the office of a bank. What do we got to do, right? Well, maybe we got to change up these curtains, you know, bring in like some office style. Maybe we do like, oh, like, oh, I see there's like some green turf out there. Do we shoot it or do we just frame it away? So you don't, so is that like, you know, so there, there are things about how do we achieve what we want as an image and then, you know, after all of that, like you just execute. But I feel like again, so much of our planning, right? It's like okay, so we need to do this shot. Well, what what type of camera and lens do we need? What type of how do we move the camera? Oh, you know, like okay. there's all yeah. these kind of choices. I mean, from that on, you order your gear, you have your crew, and then then you gotta go make the whole thing. But basically, I would say like so much of my decisions and ideas and quote unquote creative creative like kind of breakdown, right, is all done sort of before before like a lot of those decisions are made like before set so that like when you're on set because of timing and you know you only have so certain so many hours in a shoot day and you need to be shooting and doing whatever right um you've already made most of your choices in pre-production 
And so then you just try to stick along with, you know, you just, you just need to guide the ship and make sure okay. yeah. it kind of goes, right? So that's yeah. generally my my sort of involvement with the process. And then usually after that, I stick around for color color correction where where it's like you, you talked about these colors. And one example could be like, oh, like we're shooting right now on this couch. This couch needs to be green, but we don't have a green couch. Well, can we do that in post? Okay, so all these colors are in the same vibe. Right, so we got to make sure all the shades are the same, so it's like easily. So it's again, so much things are about like collaboration and chatting with people, and yeah, figuring out things to basically achieve a vision, right? So I think that's that sums up yeah. a lot of what I do to simplify things, right? Yeah, it all boils down to what is it you're trying to do and what is it you're trying to say. Okay, and yeah. if you never forget that, right, everything else comes easy. How do you introduce yourself to people? Um, and what about people that say have no connection, right? Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay. Right. I am interested in film. Okay. I do not know what exact role I'm interested in. Okay. Right. However, I don't have the means of finding the money to go to school. Okay. Um, to university and study film, right? Um, but I'm very interested and I'd like to um, start talking to people who understand the ways of their ins and outs, whether it be a university student or someone that actually really knows what they're doing, right? Uh, what would you advise a person like that? Um, I am very much of the belief that you learn from doing an experience, right? Yeah. And so I think one of the best things you could do is just literally do some research on your own first and figure out like what are some of the departments you might want to get into, right? There's art department, there's production department, which is more of like the organizing, you know, there's lighting department, camera department, but there's like a whole bunch of different role, roles, right? And one of the best things I think like if you you know, depends on what you want to do is like, just reach out to people that's, you know, working in this place and be like, Hey, can I shadow you? Hey, I really, you know, like your work on so-and-so. Can I ask you a few questions? Right. And just kind of get some practical experience that way. Right. Cause I think the best thing you could do is just start calling and emailing. Yes. The worst somebody, the worst somebody going to say is no, but if you never, you know, take a shot, you know what I mean? What is that famous Gretzky code, right? Like 100% of the shots, you don't take or whatever is never gonna like go in or, yeah you know what yeah. i mean so just like you know shoot your shot right and all it takes is just for one person to get back to you and i've definitely done that early on in my career and like you know i've had the fortunate you know good graces where I, like for like 10 no's i got like one yes but that one yes really helped me out a lot and you know what's one of the things i really try to do is to get back where like you know if someone reach out reaches out to me and if i do have the time like it's i think it's important to do that and i think you'll find that Right now, especially with that mentality of like that, that, you know, thing about building up everybody and all that, right? Like, I think, I think you'll, you'll, you'll be quite surprised just by reaching out. And I think number one, do that. If you want to work on set and test out different departments mm -hmm. or number two, if you just want to go make stuff, right? And if you want to like kind of work as a director or a DP or just or whatever, just go make it. Yeah. Go and find a friend, a couple of things and be like, Hey, I've got this one minute idea. Mm. And I want to do a little piece and, you know, maybe it's like a spoken word slam poetry piece with like some visual, you know, that could just be like art for the sake of art. Yeah. Go on, you know, I'm sure you might, you, you know, you'll know some people in your circles that's interested in the same thing. You're like, hey, you got a camera right there. 
just like the same thing you got a podcast and some sound gear you could like <laughs> easily do a performance driven pieces right now with what you got yes right and and i think the important thing about that is keep honing that muscle 